Good morning. So my name is Brennan Perkins, but before I get started today, there's a couple of things I want to do. First of all, I want to thank all the students that have participated in the service today. I think it's been awesome so far. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we can keep get that going throughout the day. And then secondly, I want to take this opportunity to introduce myself a little bit more, because obviously I'm not Doug Hartley. So, uh, my like I said, my name is Brennan Perkins. I'm a senior at Campbell County High School this year. Uh, I am going to be going to Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee this fall. It's where I'm going to be studying uh, ministry and missions, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I guess I should also mention that I am a student of the youth group here at Plum Creek, and I've been at Plum Creek my entire life. And throughout my years, throughout my time here at the church, I feel like God has really uh, lit this flame under me, kind of developed a passion in me for reaching lost people. And, you know, not just uh, any lost person, more particularly uh, the people that have not had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus Christ. And I think that he's done that through a couple of different ways uh, here at Plum Creek, uh, one of which has to be CIY Move. I have to give CIY credit. Um, CIY is a student conference that uh, multiple churches from across the nation attend every year. Plum Creek is getting ready for their trip. Uh, it's coming up in June. We're really excited about that. It's going to be held at Bowling Green University this year. Uh, we typically go to the Michigan site, but things changed with COVID this year, and we're still really excited about that. Uh, another way that I feel like God has really uh, developed this passion for reaching lost people in me has to be just the opportunity to talk to people at the church. And, you know, just whether that is uh, my small group leaders at youth group or whether that's my friends that I've met throughout my years here at Plum Creek or even just parents or grandparents and family members, uh, you know, I, I just always talking to people and having the ability to hear from people who are, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable than me, always had uh, a word of encouragement or advice, and I do think that that is important as an 18-year-old kid. Uh, so, you know, the last way that I wanted to talk about uh, of how God has really developed this passion in me uh, throughout my time at Plum Creek has got to be my perspectives class. Uh, I think Hannah talked about it, and perspectives uh, has been great for me. We, we say that we've been ruined for the ordinary, and that is definitely true, because in perspectives, we don't just uh, take on the importance of reaching the nations and the importance of participating in the Great Commission, but how we as individuals and as a team, and more importantly as followers of Jesus, can do our part in reaching the nations. So my scripture today comes from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And if you'd like to turn to that in your Bibles, I'll give you just a second. And that says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this passage is often referred to as the Great Commission. And I'm sure a lot of you in here have heard countless sermons preached on the Great Commission. Uh, and maybe some of you, this is somewhat of a newer concept. You know, maybe you don't exactly know what I'm talking about when I say reaching the nations. So no matter where you stand with your experience on this topic, on this passage of Scripture— I think it's really important that we kind of start from square one and uh, we take a deeper dive into that word commission. You know, if we're talking about the Great Commission, I think it's appropriate that we have a full understanding of that word. So the dictionary definition of the word commission 
is formally choosing someone to do a special piece of work or task. And that's exactly what's happening in this text. You know, at this point, Jesus had been born as a human baby. He had grown up. Um, he had performed many miracles in the name of his father. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross uh, as a sacrifice for our sins. And after three days, he rose again. He rose from the dead, conquering death. And the last thing that he leaves us before he ascends up into heaven to be with his father forever is this task. Go and make disciples of all nations. And that's why I think it's so important that we make this a priority. And, and the, the Great Commission act, excuse me, the Great Commission demands that we actively engage in reaching the nations. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave his followers this uh, intentional global charge. It seemed so radical. It requires strategic movement from one nation to another, all to make more disciples uh, in his name and lead more people into his kingdom. But this task is not yet complete. So as followers of Jesus today, it's up to us to do our part in reaching the nations. And I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I don't want you to think that this is just some tagline that Jesus threw out there before he ascends up into heaven. I don't want you to think that Jesus was here about to leave his followers on earth, and then he goes, one more second, God, guys, I forgot to mention to you this reaching the nations idea, the Great Commission, is really important. That's not what happened at all. In fact, it's the opposite. We see this idea, this global mandate, threaded throughout all Scripture. We can look into the Gospels for this. Uh, particularly, we'll start in uh, Luke 24, 46 through 47. And again, I'll just give you a second to turn in your Bibles if you'd like. And that says, that Christ should, should suffer, and on the third day raised from the dead, and that the repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And then in Matthew 24, 14, we see, and this gospel will be preached into the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. The Great Commission clarifies what Jesus had already told his followers, that he would return once we have reached all peoples and, and we have made disciples of all nations. And it's not just the Gospels that point towards this idea. You know, all Scripture points towards this global mandate. We can go all the way back towards the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Talking about the followers of Jesus. So I like to think uh, of this scripture that we see in Genesis as a prelude to the Great Commission. You know, the Lord explains to Abraham that all peoples on earth will be blessed through us, through the followers of Jesus. Every nation, uh, people group, tribe, language, uh, everyone. This gospel is for everyone. And I want us to uh, notice the, the emphasis on some of these uh, words we see in Scripture. We see, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples. And I want us to notice that God doesn't just say all Americans on earth will be blessed through you. Or all Europeans on earth will be blessed through you. Or just for the context of what we're reading here, all Hebrews on earth will be blessed through you. He says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We have to understand that this gospel is not for certain individuals, certain cultures, nations, cities, languages. This is for everyone. 
When we see phrases in Scripture like the whole world and all peoples on earth, God is talking about the Somalians, the Nepalis, Syrians, Afghans, Turks, uh, the Indians. Uh, He's talking about the Chinese, the North Koreans. That is the Great Commission. All of these nations and all these people will be reached. It's God's plan and it's God's desire to be glorified in this way. I like to think back to the Jewish followers of Jesus. Um, you know, when they first heard about this Great Commission, this idea of reaching the nations, you know, I like to think that they would have uh, referenced back to Daniel 7.14. And that says, And to him was given dominion and, a, and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. It could be argued that the Great Commission is the single most important passage in all of the Bible, and certainly the most important task that Jesus left us, his followers. I think it's really important that we realize that we have been blessed. Everyone in this room has been blessed, whether we realize it or not. You know, something as simple as living in the United States of America and having the ability to have an open relationship with Jesus that we can constantly be developing, that is a, that is a blessing. Something like Owning a Bible that we can read on a daily basis without persecution, without fear, that is a blessing. Or something just like having a church service like this, worshiping together and growing together, that is a blessing. So let's not waste God's blessing. You know, as we're moving on here, when we talk about international mission, whenever this topic comes up, I feel like there's always a question or a comment that people tend to ask. And, uh, you know, here's the question— why would I move across the world? Why would I go to a different nation when there are lost people in my own community that do not know Jesus? They don't have a relationship with Jesus. And before I get too deep into this idea, I have a personal story that I'd like to share. Uh, I recently decided that I was going to tell my grandparents about uh, my plans for the future. I wanted to uh, explain to them that I was going to be headed to Johnson University, which we had talked about before, but, uh, you know, more particularly just explain that I wanted to focus on the mission field, uh, focus on international mission, and uh, really find my place, where God wants me in the Great Commission. So I drove to their house. We had a great conversation. Um, and we talked for a couple hours, and I actually talked to them about a lot of the same things that we're discussing right now. So near the end of that conversation, my grandpa said something, and it really stuck with me. He said, well, you know there's lost people right here in Cincinnati too, right? And he's not wrong. He is right. But here's the difference. I, I want to explain the difference. I want to make this very clear. The, the difference between a lost person who does not have a relationship with Jesus in Cincinnati or northern Kentucky compared to uh, a lost person who does not know Jesus in uh, Nepal. We'll use Nepal for an example. So the lost person in Cincinnati or northern Kentucky they could likely drive about 10 minutes from their house and be at a church, and then they could likely drive about another 10 minutes and be at a totally different church. The point is that this person, not just in Cincinnati or northern Kentucky, most places in, uh, in America have immense opportunity. The, the access- accessibility to the gospel is uh, immense. Now, if we look over here to uh, the person in Nepal, if we focus on this person uh, on the other side of the world who is not, uh, not a follower of Jesus, it is very possible that they go their entire life without even hearing the name of Jesus Christ, yet alone having the opportunity to form a relationship with him. 
And that's why I think it's so crucial that we as Christians today make it a priority to reach the nations. So does that mean that it's unimportant to reach your neighbor? No, it is definitely important. The Bible tells us that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't, I don't think you can love those in your community without sharing the gospel with them. So by all means, you should be telling uh, Bible stories to your younger siblings. You should be uh, worshiping with your friends, having Bible studies, taking advantage of all of those blessings that we talked about earlier. But the special task that Jesus left us, his followers, is to reach the nations. John Piper wrote this, and I wanted to share. He says, The Great Commission includes the most precious promise in all of the Bible. First, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then, Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So all authority is mine gives you your warrant for such an outrageous mission. I will be with you is a promise that holds true until this mission is complete. God has promised that this task will be completed. We can look all the way to uh, the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation chapter 7. Uh, Jesus gives John a vision into the future of heaven. And this is what John writes. He says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people group, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits at the throne and to the Lamb. The mandate, the task, the urgency... The commission that Jesus left us is very clear. Go and make disciples of all nations. And we see this idea threaded throughout the Bible from Genesis 12 when, Ab- when uh, God promises Abraham that he will bless all nations through us all the way to the verse we just looked at in Revelation when John receives this vision into the future of heaven seeing all of these nations, tribes, people groups worshiping God. So what can you do? What, uh, wh- how can you do your part in the Great Commission and how can you say yes to God and say yes to reaching the nations this week? I'm going to give you four ways, four challenges that every person in here should be able to do uh, in order to reach the nations right now. First is pray. I want to tell you a story about a person that I learned about not too long ago. Uh, his name is Haji. And Haji is part of the Harage people group in northern Nigeria. Uh, Haji gave his life to Christ in 2017, and uh, ever since then, he has been dedicated and passionate about uh, reaching his Muslim brothers and sisters in the Harage people group. Now, if you're not aware of the kind of stigma around Christianity in regions like this, uh, Christians are hated. Um, Muslims, some uh, some of the um, prejudice and persecution that Christians face in some of these areas of the world is very real. It's a scary thing. Um, and Haji has definitely faced some of this persecution for himself. Um, he has been stabbed multiple times. He has been mugged. He has been uh, stolen from. He had both of his legs broken at one point. He even had a finger cut off. And despite all of this persecution, these horrible things that most of us can't even imagine going through, Haji continues to put his faith in God and he remains passionate about completing the Great Commission and reaching the nations. 
So people like Haji are fully engaged in the Great Commission, and they can definitely use our prayer. So can we right now, uh, can we just pray for not just Haji, but also the Harage people group of northern Nigeria? Hey God, uh, right now we're just thankful for Haji. Uh, We're thankful that you have lifted people like him up, and we are thankful that you have worked in his life and uh, moved him to reach uh, the Harage people group of northern Nigeria. We do ask that you you strengthen him and you comfort him through these difficult times. And right now, God, we're also praying for uh, the Harage people group. Uh, We pray that uh, your gospel of truth and love shines through to them, and they they do enter your kingdom, whether that is through Haji or through someone else, or whether that is just purely the Holy Spirit working in their life. We pray that they enter your kingdom, God. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I think a large issue with prayer is that sometimes people just don't know where to start, even if they are looking to become more uh, engaged in prayer. So hopefully this helps you out. I just gave you the name of a specific person who needs prayer, uh, facing constant persecution. And then I gave you the name of a people group in northern Nigeria, the Harage people group. So another way that you can commit uh, to engaging in the Great Commission this week is by giving financially. And I think it's safe to say that giving financially has not been uh, near the top of our list of priorities as Christians today. When I was researching this topic, I actually found a stat that kind of blew me away. It says, the average Christian in America spends more money on Halloween costumes for their pets compared to what they donate towards missionaries and mission organizations working among unreached peoples. That's crazy to me, and I think it's time that we take this task seriously. There are plenty of mission organizations, missionaries working among unreached people groups, uh, in the 1040 window specifically. Uh, Many of you know Tom Schneller. Tom is the director of Disciple Makers, and uh, Disciple Makers is a uh, mission organization who, like I said, they are doing work among these unreached people groups. Uh, They have multiple ministries uh, in Disciple Makers, one of which is called Puentes, and Puentes is Spanish for Bridges. So the goal of this ministry is to build that bridge between the Latin America church into these unreached people groups. A man named Joaquim in Honduras is a pastor who leads this ministry. And uh, Joaquim does his job in the Great Commission by training and leading Christians in Honduras to spread the good news of Jesus in Asia and Africa. Hondurans like Joaquim can often travel to places of the world where Americans might not be able to go. Now, Joaquim is fully engaged in the Great Commission, but people like him can do more with additional financial resources. This week, I would encourage you to sit down with your family, sit down with your husband, wife, have a serious conversation about what you can do to start donating towards the missionaries and mission organizations that need it the most. The third way to engage in the Great Commission this week is by hosting an international student. So I'm sure that we're all aware of Northern Kentucky University, but did you know that there are hundreds of international students at NKU uh, who are from unreached people groups and from uh, nations of the world where we cannot easily send uh, missionaries and mission organizations? I think this is a perfect opportunity for us right here in Northern Kentucky to uh, do our part in the Great Commission without even leaving our homes. 
Over the past two or three years, my family and I have spent some time uh, building this relationship with Aryan and Shraddha. And uh, Aryan and Shraddha are two international students from Nepal. Uh, they're finishing up their studies at NKU this year. And throughout our time with them, we have, uh, let's see, we've gone on fishing trips with them. We have uh, helped them move from one apartment to the other. We've had uh, Easter celebrations with them, Christmas celebrations with, celebrations with them, uh, Thanksgiving celebrations with them. We have had them over to our grandparents' houses just to uh, kind of have them meet some more of our family. And it's all an attempt to build this genuine relationship with them, but more importantly, introduce them to the gospel. Like I said, I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us right here in northern Kentucky as followers of Jesus in the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area to engage in the Great Commission. So this week, I would definitely encourage you to, again, just come up with a plan. You know, whether that uh, entails talking to a minister or just having a serious conversation with your family, how can you become engaged with uh, these international students that we have right at our fingertips, these people, uh, members of our community? How can you reach them? The last challenge that I want to make to you today is to go. There are 7,407 lost people groups that we know of who have never had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus Christ. And most of these people are in very poor, very dangerous areas of the world, and that is a large reason as to why they are still unreached. But when people like you and me say, God, I treasure you so much that I am willing to live out my days in humility, in poor, dangerous areas of the world, all to lead more people into your kingdom. That is when God will do miraculous things. The church is going to complete this task. The end of the story is already written. But God's plan for reaching the nations is for people like you and I to go. You know, when I was reading Revelation 7, uh, when John was given this vision into the future of heaven. I couldn't help but think about that multitude that John saw. And I know it says that he saw people of every nation, tribe, language, people group, uh, worshiping God at his throne in heaven. But I started thinking about that idea, and I read it again, and it says the future of heaven. And then I realized I was there. I was there in, in the future of heaven, worshiping God. Then I kept thinking about this idea, and then it, it dawned on me, maybe Maybe John saw me. When he looked into this great multitude, what if he saw me? What if he saw my face? How cool would that have been? Or maybe he saw Haji. Or what about Joaquin? Because I know Joaquin was there. And I pray that Aryan and Shraddha will be there. And all those who Jesus uh, leads into his kingdom because people like you and I have said yes. So how will you say yes this week? Will you say yes to praying for an unreached people group? Will you say yes to giving financially to the missionaries and missionary or, mission organizations that need it the most? Will you say yes to building a relationship with an international student in our own community and introducing them to Jesus Christ? Or will you say yes to the Great Commission and to God and go?